Good morning, church. And when I say church, I mean you guys at home. <laughs> Capital C Church, right? Not just the people that are in this building, but um, us Godspeak members that are meeting in our homes. Um, I have an encouraging verse for you guys out of Psalm 29. Pastor Craig read it this morning, and I was really blessed. Um, the whole psalm is amazing, but the last two verses, uh, verse 10 and 11, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So Father in heaven, we recognize you as the one that's sitting on the throne. Lord, you were on the throne in the flood. God, you're on the throne now. God, nothing has changed. You are our Father in heaven, and you love us. And so we gather together this morning in a way that maybe we're not used to, Lord, but in a way that is just as holy, just as perfect as it ever was. So we proclaim that your grace is amazing and uh, you're worth worshiping. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you guys want to stand at home, I welcome you to. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but um, why not, right? You're in the comfort of your own living room. You can dance around, do whatever you want. I heard some testimonies of some kids busting out a little drum set and your guitar, tambourine, just go for it. Amen? Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with hope? back into order who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan son and daughter
I will pray. 
I will praise you 
Lord, no matter how low the valley is, God, we trust that you're on the throne. We love you and praise you and thank you for inhabiting our praises. Thank you for being a God that is not bound to a, a building, Lord, but you are, um, you're bound by nothing. And you're in our midst now just as much in our homes as you are here at God Speak. So we love you and praise you. Dedicate this entire service to you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Awesome. Well, good worshiping, guys. <laughs> um, well, before we get started, uh, I'm going to take you guys through some quick, quick, quick uh, announcements, just some quick business. First of all, uh, at God Speak, we, don't, um, we couldn't pass a tithing, tithing offering bag around right now if we wanted to. Um, but what we do, instead of doing that, we just pray and thank the Lord for the tithing offering. So, Father in heaven, again, we dedicate this morning to you. We thank you for um, all of the people that are tuning in to watch, um, not us, but just watch you and listen to you, Lord, and listen to your word. And so, God, as they're faithful to, um, faithful to tune in, faithful to dedicate this time, Lord, we just thank you for the faithfulness of your body to give. And we've been blessed in this time, Lord. And we just, we ask that you would, um, you would, multiply, um, you would multiply everything that you give us, not for the sake of us having more, but for the sake of us giving more to you. So we dedicate the tithe and offering to you and thank you for it. Um, real quick, some ways to give. You can give online. Uh, all of this 
most of the stuff I'm going to talk about to you this morning is in the YouTube uh, video description. There's like a whole essay there that I wrote. So go there and you'll see kind of the announcements there and you'll be able to gather all the information. So uh, pardon me if I just fly through this, but tithe and offering, you give online, you can text give, all that information is in the description. Uh, real quick, we have an awesome Constitutional Live, uh, a really cool opportunity for you guys that starts tomorrow, uh, March 30th. It's a, it's a free online, free online, free Online six-day COVID-19 inspired crash course begins tomorrow, Monday, March 36. You can register for that on our website. It's a Zoom conference. Uh, it's a really cool opportunity for you guys to ask live questions to uh, both Rick Green and Scarlett, our very own Scarlett Lonnie. So that's Constitution Alive. Um, remind you guys that every night at 7 p.m. we are back here on this YouTube channel uh, doing our fireside our fireside chats with uh, Pastor Rob, and he has a bunch of awesome guests. So come on back tonight. We'll be here at 7 p.m. We'll be here every night at 7 p.m. Um, this week and into the coming future. So uh, kind of almost lastly, um, if you have any needs physical needs or you have any prayer requests, any prayer needs, encourage you guys to email communitycare at godspeak.com. Communitycare at godspeak.com if you have any physical needs or if you want to let us know what you need prayer for. Um, so last week we were blessed to have uh, Tammy Shewitt here with us for the tail end of our service to give us kind of a, a children's ministry devotion. And she's not here, uh, she's unfortunately not here, but she's fortunately uh, spending time with her grandson. And so she's having a blast, but she's not here. But we've worked really hard to uh, set you guys up to win at home for you parents that have kids in your house. Um, so what we're doing is on our website, if you could run that video on our website, we're offering you guys the ability to download Download all of our Sunday Sunday school curriculum, and this isn't just some random uh, curriculum that we found online. This is what your kids would be going uh, going through if they were here at Godspeak. So, if you see on our homepage, you click on uh, Godspeak Kids at Home Resources. There's some awesome, as it's going through right now, some awesome worship ministry, uh, worship opportunities for you. And then pre-K and K lesson guide for your parents, pre-K and K lesson materials for the kids all the way through uh, first and second grade, and then also third through fifth grade. So we have all of those resources on our website, right under where it says how most of you guys got here. It says Godspeak Livestream. Right under that it says Godspeak Kids at Home Resources. Click there, and you guys can go through the same uh, curriculum that you would be going through if your kids were here at Godspeak. You can email childrens at godspeak.com if you have any questions or any issues and you need help doing that. But really encourage you guys, go there, Print out the, the parent guide, print out the lesson plan uh, if you have a printer. If not, you can just do it on your phone. And it's an awesome opportunity for you guys to bring uh, the word of God to your children and uh, a really cool opportunity for you guys to, to experience as close to uh, our, what we're used to here at God Speak as possible. So that's all I have for announcements. Again, tonight at 7 p.m., every night at 7 p.m. here on our God Speak channel. And guys, uh, we've grown huge on this channel. We have... I, I, when I when I got up here, we had 470 subscribers. I'm sure we have more now. Um, this is an awesome opportunity for you guys to connect with us here at God Speak in this time where we're away from each other. So uh, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Uh, turn on your notifications so that you, you get notified every time that we post a new video and as we're uploading new content and going live during our different fireside chats. So that's all I have. And now, Pastor Rob. Woo! I'll give you <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, Kelly wants you to take your guitar with you. Uh, okay. so you can, yeah.
I, I was requesting that uh, we do extra worship at the end, and so uh, Kelly's going to come out with Mike at the end. We'll do two more songs. Um, all right, so we're, we're, there's no announcements from my end. Micah did all that work, and uh, I was going to say that uh, there are some people actually in the sanctuary, not many, but there are a few. Um, the First Amendment says that Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion. And if we're abiding by the laws of the governor um, and, and social distancing and doing everything necessary, uh, I'm not going to turn anyone away if you end up here. Uh, I'm not promoting that, but uh, th- this is your this is your building. This is your fellowship, and uh, just honor the laws of the land. And there's a seat for you. All right. So with that being said, uh, we're going to take a look at a psalm this morning, Psalm 91. And I know I covered it this week, but I wanted to go into greater lengths with it. And uh, I usually have you stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, but we're going to do it a little bit differently um, today. And so I'm going to have my little grandson come up, and he is going to read it for you. Oliver, come on up here, buddy. Do we have the microphone, the handheld? We're going to need somebody to run that up here as quick as we can. How you doing, buddy? You're doing all right? Well, we're going to get you a microphone, and then we're going to have you read uh, Psalm 91. You ready to do that? I'm over here. Can you see me? I'm up here. Hey, hi, buddy. Yeah. It's kind of comforting, huh? There's not a lot of people out there, but... We do have uh, some people in the audience. Here you go, buddy. All right, so this is Psalm uh, 91. Oliver, do you want to you recite it for everybody? Why don't you come over here so they can see you? And just go ahead and recite Psalm 91. Go ahead, bud. Is it turned on? It's on, buddy. It's on. You're good. Hold it up close. There you go. There you go. Go. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'll save the earth. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the various snare and from the dead ye pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be a shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe of your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no home will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent to command you. His angels concern you, to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in your hands so that you not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the iron and the cobra. You will trample the great iron and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I'll rescue him. I'll protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call me and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him for long life. I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. Wow, that was so good, Oliver. High five, buddy. Thanks, man. That was so good. Woo. I hope you're clapping at home because uh, he's five years old. And if you haven't memorized scripture, what's your problem, people? A five-year-old just did uh, all of Psalm 91. This is a very comforting psalm. We don't know who the author of the psalm is. We're going to do an in-depth study of it. 
And so let's begin with prayer. Join me as I pray. Lord, thank you for your word that doesn't return void. And as uh, through the mouth of a babe, you have ordained praise. And here listening to Oliver recite Psalm 91 and the comfort uh, knowing that you are his God and his father, but to realize that he understands the care of parents and the security of a home. And this, this psalm, Lord, from the mouth of a child is one that should cause us all as your children to rest easy in you in this time of trial and difficulty. I pray, Lord, through the study of this psalm in a greater depth that you would minister to each and every person present in the hearing of my voice and observing this video. Lord, we're grateful that you have given us this opportunity to be in your presence and to study as it, as it is through the internet, but yet, Lord, our hearts are still knitted together as one. We love you, Lord, and we ask your blessing now on the study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I, I am, I'm going to be candid with you. I am getting so tired of this uh, live streaming. I miss you guys. I really do. Uh, I am a social creature, and this is no fun at all. So I hope you're smiling or at least feeling my pain because I would rather be with all of you. And, uh, but we'll, we'll endure through this. Uh, the, I, I showed a video last night uh, in our 7 o'clock. We do a fireside chat every night at 7. And I showed a video of Chris Farley uh, coming on the, I think, David Letterman show or one of the shows and uh, how excited he was. And that's, uh, that was a picture I just absolutely loved of how I'm going to feel uh, the first Sunday when everyone's back together again and we get to enjoy each other's company. I miss you. I hope you're all well. I know what we have been enduring through this season of difficulty. There's been a lot of fear and worry, uh, but the folks tuning in every night at seven have found great comfort as we've had uh, Dr. Robin Evans and David Glinky and myself. We'll have others come and share, but just kind of looking at what is true trying to focus on that and finding comfort in the scriptures. We've been going through some of the data that we've been seeing. And I don't know about you, but I have completely turned off the news. I'm, I'm kind of sick of it at this point. I, um, I, I'm washing my hands. I'm keeping social distance. I'm doing everything required. But I, I, have, I have turned off the television. I am tired of talking heads. I'm tired of people who are instilling fear and operating in their agenda and uh, coming up with a theory and then putting out, you know, pieces of information that justify their theory. And it, it's just getting a little overwhelming. And all of us are the ping pong ball between each of these ideological positions. And I think the one thing that we as Christians should understand, and I've been harping on this all week, is that we're, we're to be different in the course of this time of fear and, and worry. We're to act differently. We're to respond differently. And I am so blessed by Psalm 91. I covered it in a smaller detail earlier this week, but I wanted to go in greater depth with it because this psalm depicts exactly what our heart should be experiencing and feeling in this time of, of trepidation and trial where it seems as though everyone is running around like chickens with their head cut off and worried and fearful. And I know as Christians, we go through the same thing. We, we talk that we have faith, but quite honestly, this has been a week where a lot of us have realized our, our faith is, you know, maybe, maybe a mile wide, but it's an inch deep. It, it just doesn't have a lot of depth to it. 
And we've been, we've been kind of shaken uh, by these trials. We're watching the death rate increase and we're watching the infection rate increase and things are operating at an exponential level. We're seeing hotspots across the country, New York, San Francisco, Washington, New Jersey, um, LA, and, and we're all worried. We've had, uh, I think, as of yesterday, 95 reported cases in Ventura County. Um, 15 are hospitalized. We've had three deaths. Uh, they were all people over 70 years of age with comorbidity, meaning pre- previous conditions. Um, the, here in Thousand Oaks, we have 15 cases uh, known of the coronavirus. So, uh, yeah, a county of 800,000, uh, close to 100 people infected. There's been over 1,500 uh, tests that have been done on the citizens of Ventura. So it is a very, very small number. But yet, uh, an amazing how an invisible... Uh, an invisible thing like this virus can cause us all to be absolutely paralyzed and fearful. And then we miss each other and we're missing ecclesia. We're missing, as the Bible says, do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints. We're honoring the laws of the land, but we have been given inalienable rights that we are permitted by the constitution to gather together by the bill of rights, the very first amendment in the bill of rights that we are allowed to gather and Congress shall make no law. Now, we, we permit, we are yielding willingly, not out of force and not because someone's demanding it, but as citizens, we are willingly sequestering ourselves and keeping social distance out of a, a willingness not to be instruments of uh, causing this, this virus to spread. However, if this is a, an attempt to continue this and, and we're going to be missing Easter and a number of other services, uh, there's going to come a time where folks, listen, I just want to tell you, we'll keep social distance, but this, this building's open to you if you desire to come. There won't be childcare. Um, and, and if you're elderly, I'd be very cautious because this is a disease that uh, seems to be hitting the older folks, I would say 65 and up uh, in a greater capacity and with comorbidity. So if you have any lung issues or things like that, certainly don't come. Uh, if you're going to be around folks that are older, uh, as you would in the supermarket, six feet distance, we'll practice the same thing in the church. Uh, this, is an, this is an essential um, this is an, an essential part of our community. I believe that the church is just like the food store should be allowed to be open as long as we practice social distance. So keep that in mind. I'm not going to lock the doors on you. All right, uh, let's begin with the study. Uh, we're going to take a look at Psalm 91. If you have your Bibles open up, I'm going to put it on the screen. So for those of you who don't have Bibles at home because you've been so used to using the ones here at the church, you should have taken one home with you. Seriously, we gave you that opportunity a thousand times. But anyways, where are we? Here we go. Uh, he who dwells, this is a great one. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. I love this. Uh, the idea of a secret place, it's describing a place of security. It's a place describing um, uh, a nearness to God, that you, you, you have this secret place that you go to, but it's also a place that's very safe. David would dwell in fortresses in the En Gedi, in these secret places in the desert. It's a place where you can go and, and commune with God. Uh, it's a close companionship, and it's this idea that his shadow falls upon us. It's a huge shadow cast by God, but it's one of comfort. I remember being a young boy at the Washington Monument during the war riots. Uh, during Vietnam, my father was a, a military veteran. He had just come back from his first tour. 
He was in his uh, officer's uniform. We were at the Washington Monument. There were war protesters everywhere. I remember they started shouting, and I was a young boy at the time, and I remember my father taking his hand and putting me behind him, and in the shadow of my father, the comfort that came upon me, even sensing that there was danger, there was just a peace that, that overshadowed me in that moment, and I would say to all of you, that is the idea of the shadow of the Almighty that this is a picture of this secret place, that we go to the Lord, that he becomes our refuge and our fortress. The psalmist, uh, through the Hebrew writing, uh, describes this refuge, this fortress, as a place that is a rampart. A rampart is a a location with a a large building, and um, and it it, it surrounds you, it protects you, it's this comforting, where nothing's going to befall you in that regard. And if it does, it's because God has permitted it in a way that is good. And, and we'll cover that momentarily. But in this, in this uh, psalm, uh, there, the first two verses of Psalm 91 uses four names for God. I want to go back to the passage of Scripture. There are four names for God listed in this. One is Most High, which is Elion. Then you have Almighty, which is Shaddai, El Shaddai. It is a most profound name, the Mighty God. The Lord is Yahweh. That is his personal name. It's a tetragrammaton. It's, it's four consonants, uh, Y-W-H-W. We don't know how to pronounce it. It's his personal name. Uh, uh, Orthodox Jews, many other Jews, won't even use that. They won't say Yahweh. That's where we get the, the transliteration in English called Jehovah. Um, and then the, the other one is my God, is Elohe. And, and these are very critical components of understanding God because God always uses his attributes in his name. El Shaddai is this idea that he's a mighty fortress. And uh, Elion means he's most high. So you use his personal name, Yahweh, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Tzedekinu, Jehovah Shaddai. Uh, that just means God is mighty. God is a provider, Jehovah Rapha. And, and it goes through God as our healer. God always ascribes his name to one of his attributes in the time that we need him most. The Lord said, I am to Moses. He said, I will be for you whatever you need when you need it. I am peace. I, 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 am, I am healing. I am your fortress. It's a beautiful way that God encourages his children and blesses his children. And so that's one of the things I wanted to take a look at as you understand that he is the Shaddai. He is the fortress. The passage goes on to say, uh, surely he shall deliver you from the fowler's snare and from the perilous pestilence, I, I, I love that play on those words, perilous pestilence, it's a tongue twister. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. This is a beautiful picture of how God causes us to rest in him. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence and he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. And this is critical for us nowadays. I love what Spurgeon says. Not to be afraid is in itself an unspeakable blessing since for every suffering which we endure from real injury, we are tormented by a thousand griefs which arise from fear only. So many of us uh, throughout the course of this time, as we have been uh, sequestered in our homes and watching our businesses implode and our retirement counts disappear, as we're watching so many changes in our life and concern over the health of our family members and loved ones as we're looking across the nation and wondering how we're going to resolve all this. The one thing that has been a constant throughout this country clearly and has been fed, which has caused uh, an increase in viewership, is fear. Fear sells. 
somehow to impart to you this absolute desperation that they, they bring out the worst case studies and, and they, they focus on those things that will cause you to be absolutely glued to the television set by fear. And the one thing that causes a thousand griefs is fear. And in this passage of scripture, the Lord has made it clear that he has brought us to a place, as you can see in the passage, he's brought us to a place where his truth shall be our shield and our buckler. This idea that he has delivered us from the fowler snare. The fowler snare is one of those things that Satan operates. You see, the psalmist depicts the, the enemy of our soul, the fowler in a sense, as the devil himself. The fowler is one who operates by trickery. He's one who tries to entrap you. He tries to capture you. He tries to kill you. The Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the author of lies. And the only thing he possesses is fear and deceit. And by fear and deceit, he paralyzes you. It's like the roar of a lion that causes us to be paralyzed. Spurgeon wrote, It is impossible that any ill should happen to the man who is beloved of the Lord. The most crushing calamities can only shorten his journey and hasten him to his reward. uh, Ill to him is no ill, but only good in a mysterious form. Losses enrich him. Sickness is his medicine. Reproach is his honor. Death is his gain. No evil in the strict sense of the word can happen to him. Everything is overruled for good. The scripture says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. The truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Uh, to, To find this refuge in the Lord, this truth, truth is critical. In God we trust. You see, his truth is going to be a shield and a buckler. I wanted to show you a couple of illustrations. First, the fowler snare. snare, And this is one of those things that we start to realize. The, the fowler snare, uh, the fowler representing the devil and his agents, often works as a fowler. And I, and I wrote some of these down. The fowler works in secret. The fowler changes his traps and methods. The fowler often entices with pleasure or profit. The fowler often uses a bad example, a decoy. It's this idea that Satan uses all of these different ways to trap and ensnare you, paralyze you. And you can see the the fowler throughout history has come up with ingenious methods to try to trap a bird. And that's what a fowler would. They would snare a bird and then eat it. And, And here you see all these different depictions of being entrapped by a fowler snare. And yet the Lord wants to deliver us from that. He wants to set us free. This passage uses the word you throughout, which is a way of saying that these truths are for each person individually. They are for you to understand and to grasp. This psalmist wants you to understand this in a time of trial. And so in this passage, God is giving you a clear picture of this fowler snare. He says he'll cover you in his wings. I love that portion of the text. I shared with you the story on many occasions about the hen that protected her chicks, a prized hen, and the, the barn burned down. And the farmer went to assess the damage and saw his prized hen, the burned carcass. And in absolute anger and frustration, he kicked the carcass of the hen. And out from underneath the hen uh, came all of her chicks. And here is a picture of, clearly, uh, this, is, this is how a, a mother hen cares for her chicks. It is faith which makes you a little chick in Christ, the hen. 
that, and as, as it says here, that you may hide and hope and hover and cover under his wings for there is health in his wings. Martin Luther wrote that. He's a person, a minister who actually went through a great plague uh, during his time. Here's another picture of a, of a hen protecting um, her chick. And, and this, is, this is how God covers you. He covers you in his truth. He covers you in his peace. He covers you in his encouragement. And this is what he desires to do for all of you. If you can see this picture, this is, this is how I want you to envision the way God covers you and ministers to you. And then we have this idea of a shield and a buckler. Uh, a shield is, is um, a smaller circular um, and a buckler would be larger. But the picture that you see in this, especially depicted in the Hebrew, is that it, it surrounds you. It's almost like chain mail. Uh, chain mail is, is covering the entire body to protect you from anything that would pierce you or affect you. And God is saying, my truth is going to be that for you. My truth. You've been running after vain speculation. You've been believing everything you see on the television. And I have to tell you, that's one of the reasons why I've turned that mess off. I am kind of sick of it after a while. I'm sick of listening to all these people, uh, prognosticators, try to frighten me. They, they don't own me. I, I turn to God's word, which I know is to be true, and I dwell on that. If there's any statement, I go to the original source and start to investigate it. I don't operate off of rumor and innuendo and anyone who sent me some visceral email or an email with something that they read somewhere or a comment about somebody in a hospital that they, I follow that, I track it down all the way to the source because I'm trying to sift through all this to come to the truth. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth is your shield and your buckler. It's your rampart. It's the thing that protects you. God covers you in the shelter of his wings. And I have to, I have to share with you, to find comfort in his word in a time like this is a great gift that God has given us in this sequestering. I love Isaiah 26. This idea says, come and hide for a little while. I think it's 26, 22. And the idea that God has given us a place to find refuge. And if you're using this time to absolutely waste instead of pressing into the Lord and finding comfort in his word, this is a great time to start to apply prayer. There's one thing that fear does is it starts to cause us to go to something greater than ourselves. When we were little children and we were scared, we ran to our parents. Well, now we're older. It's time to run to God. It's always been time to run to God. And even to our children, we instruct them. And you can see with little Oliver as he was sharing this verse, he finds strength in the word. There's often times I've witnessed where he says to his mom and dad, uh, the scriptures themselves, encouraging them. It's amazing how God's word doesn't return void. It's living, it's breathing, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it's this that covers us, protects us, shield, rampart, this idea of a complete covering. Let's go to the next verses. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Every culture, every culture has gone through a period of fear. They've gone through a plague uh, pestilence, perilous pestilence. This is a, a certainly um, a psalm that, that deals with a plague. Viruses aren't new to our generation. They've been around for a long time. You had the bubonic plague. You've had the Spanish influenza. We can go on and on and on. And, and as we come to this one where we have one for our generation, this is one that isn't as deadly as others that we've seen, although it's one that we have yet to figure out completely and we're being very, very cautious. 
to the point where it's adversely affecting so much of our economy and our nation. But we are concerned with the elderly, and so we're doing due diligence. We're watching as industries are gearing up and, and people are, are banning together to do what's right. But it's not, it's not new to our generation. So they, they have the Spanish influenza. You have the Middle East uh, respiratory syndrome. Here we have the Wuhan flu or the Chinese virus or the COVID-19 or whatever political spectrum you want to be on and whatever title you want to give it. And if you want to argue over that, let's just stop it. Let's just stop it. Give it a rest. The idea is that we're not going to be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. This idea that we don't even know where the virus is. We're, we're trying to wipe everything down. We're trying to keep distance. It's, it's by aerosol you can sneeze. It stays in the air. It can stay 17 hours on metal. It can, we, all these things. But the Lord says we're, we're not going to be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks. And, and the, I, I love that it says, you shall not be afraid. Let that sink in. This isn't a game. We serve the God of all creation. Either you believe in him or you don't. Either you rest in him or you don't. He's God. He's declaring to us, you shall not be afraid. 365 times in the Bible, God says, do not be afraid. There's, there's a verse for every day of the year. In case you start getting bored of one of the verses. Don't be afraid. I'm going to tell you every day. In the comfort of the Lord that we're not to be afraid. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Out of Isaiah 41.10. Great verse to memorize. One of the 365. Don't be afraid. God's got us. Anything that happens to us must first pass through his sovereign hand. And if anything hits us, I do know this. His word declares that all things work together for good with those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I remember the story of Corey Tenboom, who was in Ravensbrook concentration camp with her sister Betsy, who she would witness the death of. Her whole family was lost at the hands of the fascist Nazis who she would later go back into Germany and minister to and be one of the greatest evangelists in Germany. But Corey Tinboom was in Ravensbrück in the concentration camp with row upon row of bunk beds stacked so high to the ceiling, no comfort, no straw, shivering in the cold of the German winter. And at night, her and Betsy would, they had smuggled in a small New Testament and they would read this at night. And they came to the passage that says, give thanks in all things for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And Betsy, her older sister, began to thank God for everything, going through it. And, and their bodies were just inundated with lice. And Betsy said, Lord, thank you for the lice. And Corey had lost it at that point. She just turned to her sister and she said, how in the world can you thank him for the lice? Our bodies are absolutely plagued with them. We have open wounds there in every area of our body. I can't thank God for the lice. I can't, I can't think of a wife who would, uh, my wife certainly wouldn't give thanks for lice. We've, we've, we've had them in our home. My children had long hair, my girls. And then to pick those out, oh gosh, that's the one thing that will cause my wife to go through the roof. She's been through that. It's hell, it's overwhelming. But I will say that 
we did find a time where in the midst of it, and especially as you see Corey Tenboom, she's, she's overwhelmed. She, she'd be like my wife. I can't, I can't give thanks for lice. I'm sorry. They're little creatures that are annoying and awful and disgusting. And Betsy says, but the scripture says, give thanks in all things. Betsy, uh, Corey refused. They came to find out later that one of the reasons why they were able to host studies of the scriptures in their barracks with all of these these Jews that would come to realize Christ as their Messiah and come to a saving knowledge of Christ at the end of their life before they would face either the gas chambers or execution. The reason why they could host these covert Bible studies in their barracks is because the German guards didn't want to go into their barracks because of these invisible guards called the lice. The lice protected Corey and Betsy. They didn't realize that until later. God works all things together for good. You give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 365 verses, all of them saying, do not be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Here's 35 verses in general. You can come back later and take a picture of this. Uh, It's uh, 33 verses about fear and anxiety. I just have them listed there. But the picture for all of us is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is a refuge, an ever-present help in time of danger. This entire psalm, spoken by the mouth of a child, in absolute peace and tenderness, is one to direct us to the Lord. Turn off the television and, and press into God. He will allow this to continue until we all get that message. He wants to be everything to us. He's not just a segment. He is, a, he is everything. He wants to be the one that inspires our work. He wants to be the one to direct us on how to serve one another. He wants to be the one to direct us on how to raise our families. He wants us to turn to him. In him is life and life more abundant. We've been running after everything but him. We have been impressed with the fowler snare. All these traps and these methods and every decoy, we have been running after them. And we have put all of our eggs in that basket and we watched as, as, as that basket was growing big and all of a sudden, in one moment, the stock market that was rising just collapsed. In one moment, the unemployment that had dropped to the lowest levels in the history of the United States went through the roof. In one moment. Because all those things, politically speaking, made us feel comfortable. But only in him is the fullness of joy. You can be rich and be so absolutely captivated by that fowler snare that you've abandoned your family, you've abandoned your, your, your wife and your children, your husband and your children. You, you lose perspective of everything. Church is hit or miss. Praying is only in desperation. The idea of causing God's word to order your life, to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, It's not something that we have found very important to us until now. Well, this is a good season. We give thanks in all things. I'm I'm thankful for this season. I I hate being away from you all, but I am thankful. I'm thankful that we're all tuning in. We're watching people tune in that have never, ever darkened the doors of a church. But they are pressing in to the God of the universe. They're looking for answers. Because they've come to realize that these things have cut the legs out from underneath them. They want a firm foundation upon which to stand. And they're looking for that. 
For those who trust in the Lord and the beauty of this passage, take a look at the next verses. It says, a thousand may fall at your right side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. You will only see with your eyes. Uh, Your eyes shall look and see the reward of the wicked. This picture that we will we will rest in the Lord. A thousand are going to fall at our side. 10,000 are at our right hand. But it's not going to come near us. It's not going to come near us. We're only going to see with our eyes and we will look and see the reward of the wicked. Now, it doesn't mean that somebody that's a Christian that trusts the Lord is, is going to be free from sickness. It doesn't mean that. He, he's going to deliver us from evil. He's going to deliver us from, from the evil of the fowler snare. It doesn't mean that we're going to be void of any difficulty, but that difficulty will work together for good. We will watch as a thousand will fall by our side and 10,000 by our right hand. Everyone who runs after everything but the Lord is, is really miserable. And those that would seek to profit from this misery, those who would seek to establish an agenda of deceit, if there's a nefarious reason for the way people are operating in order to enslave others, they're going to get their reward. God declares that. That's going to be the reward of the wicked. If you think that this plague and the misery of humanity is here for you to benefit and make a profit from, be careful. You're going to get a temporary gain for an eternal judgment. Don't do it. We're accountable to God. We will breathe our last and stand before God and give an accounting of our life. You don't have to believe that he exists. It doesn't matter. You you don't have to believe gravity exists. That that has no bearing on the truth. There is a God and we are accountable to him and he expects us to care for one another. And if in the course of this, there are those that are wicked that have either perpetrated this, which I I pray to God that isn't the case because that, that will be awful. If there are those who would take advantage by deception, calling people and, and saying that Chase, uh, this is Chase calling and we need your bank account information to steal from people, you're, you're, you're going to get a temporary gain and you're going to have an eternal judgment. Be careful. God is not to be trifled with. But for those of us who press into him in the joy of this psalm, it's a secret place. It's a hiding place. It's in the shadow of the Almighty. It's in the wings of God. It's in the truth of his word. It's in the comfort of a father with his children, a mother with her her children. It's not going to come near us. We'll only see with our eyes. There's no judgment for the righteous. We won't stand before God and him saying that, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. The thing that makes us righteous before the Lord is Christ has imputed his righteousness to us. It's not because we're better than anyone else. It's because we've received his forgiveness. He saved us. He paid the penalty. We, we received that gift. He died on the cross. We're coming to that on Good Friday, and then we're going to go to Resurrection Sunday. That Christ's death on the cross was a declaration to all mankind that God has paid the penalty of our sin, and if we would receive that gift by faith, we'll be saved from, from all of this judgment. But you have to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. We can say, well, I don't want God. I don't need him. The two thieves on either side of, the, of Jesus on their own cross, one rebuked the Lord and the other said, why are you saying this? He's a righteous man. We deserve what we got, but he doesn't. Yet Christ died while we were yet sinners. He was without sin. He didn't deserve the death, but he paid the penalty for 
the wage of sin is death. That's the penalty. It's capital punishment. I can't die for you. I'm sorry. I wish I could. I can't. Uh, I'm, I'm a man whose blood courses with sin, just like yours. The only one who could die for us was a sinless man. That was Jesus. And he did. But you have to receive that gift by faith. And when you do, a thousand may fall by your side, uh, 10,000 by your right hand, but it won't come near you. That judgment is not going to affect you. You only see with your eyes and look and see the reward of the wicked. The reward of the wicked, they're going to get what they've earned. God forbid we get what we deserve. I don't, I don't want to get what I deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. I want mercy. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. God's riches at Christ's expense. Wonderful ideas, great blessings. I, I like what Spurgeon says, and I read it earlier. It's impossible that any ill should happen to the man who is beloved of the Lord. The most crushing calamities can only shorten his journey and hasten him to his reward. Ill to him is no ill, but only good in a mysterious form. Losses enrich him. Sickness is his medicine. Reproach is his honor. Death is his gain. No evil in the strict sense of the word can happen to him. For everything is overruled for good. That's the beauty of being one of God's children. Everything is overruled for good. Here's the next portion of the scripture. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. I, um, I like this. God doth not say no affliction shall befall you, but no evil. There will be affliction to the believer, but certainly no evil. And then Trapp says, for it may befall a saint to share in a common calamity as the good corn and the weeds are cut down together, but for a different end and purpose. One is burned and the other feeds people and ministers to them. We're in this community together. The rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous, the just and the unjust. But the beauty for a believer is no evil will befall us. A calamity will fall, befall us. A lot of us have lost things. But God still works it together for good. He always does. He wants us to rest in him. You, you came into the world naked, and you're going to leave naked. You're decrying and, and lamenting the loss of some, some material possession when all along God has had you in the hollow of his hand and under the wing of his protection. In the shadow of his grace... And the mercy of his goodness. He's your God. And we trust in him. We seek him. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. I read this on a Wednesday night and I wanted to read it to you. It's, um, it's a testimony of Charles Spurgeon during a plague. He gave a remarkable testimony 
of the fulfillment of the promise of this passage. And I, I did this in a, a, a white background because this was posted on a door that Charles Spurgeon read. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the account. In the year 1854, Charles Spurgeon says, when I had scarcely been in London 12 months, the neighborhood in which, my, in which I labored was visited by the Asiatic cholera. Uh, that's not politically correct. Visited by the Asiatic cholera, and my congregation suffered from its inroads. Family after family summoned me to the bedside of the smitten, and almost every day I was called to visit the grave. I gave myself up with youthful ardor to the visitation of the sick, and was sent for from all corners of the district by persons of all ranks and religions. I became weary in body and sick at heart. My friends seemed falling one by one. And I felt or fancied that I was sickening like those around me. A little more work and weeping would have laid me low among the rest. I felt that my burden was heavier than I could bear. And I was ready to sink under it. As God would have it, I was returning mournfully home from a funeral when my curiosity led me to read a paper which was wafered up in a shoemaker's window in Dover Road. It did not look like a trade announcement, nor was it, for it bore in a good, bold handwriting these words. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. The effect upon my heart was immediate. Faith appropriated the passage as her own. I felt secured, refreshed. I was girded with this idea of immortality. I went on with my visitation of the dying in a calm and peaceful spirit. I felt no fear of evil, and I suffered no harm. The providence which moved the tradesman to place those verses in his window, I gratefully acknowledged, and in the remembrance of its marvelous power, I adore the Lord my God. We're not the first generation to face a deadly pestilence. But the promise, as you see in this picture, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. I love this picture of guardian angels. There's descriptions of them. And we have cherubim, seraphim, different types of angels. I'm not gonna go into a great study of them, but they are ministering agents. God sends them. He gives them to us. They operate in a realm that we don't see. You say, you, you say that, you know, I don't see them. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is a restrainer of evil. Do you, do you realize if, if the goodness of God and, and the absolute morality of God were removed, there'd be no order? We, we would, it, just push it a little further and you'll see civil unrest if we don't press into God. The restrainer of evil, God wants us to press into him. He wants those that are followers of him to not be afraid and to realize we're surrounded. It was David when he went to go face Goliath in the Valley of Elah that he said, the Lord of hosts. He used three names to declare God. He called him Jehovah he, and, he, and he called him the Lord of hosts and he called him the living God. But the one that really got me was the Lord of hosts. He was declaring that he is the God of all the heavenly hosts. And, and, as, and as David let that stone go, the odds of that hitting the only open spot in this nine foot, 10 inch giant covered in complete mail, armor, this small spot in his, in his forehead that that stone thrown from a sling would 
not only hit, but penetrate and kill that giant. I mean, okay, he's a good shot, but that good? The Lord of hosts that he invoked, the idea that the angels surrounded it. You can see these wings. You can imagine them grabbing that stone as it leaves the sling of David and just, just causing that stone to go at a speed unlike what we experience in this realm. An Exocet missile piercing through the head of Goliath and causing him to collapse. But I just love this picture of these ministering angels and he, he commands his angels concerning us. They're covering your home. They protect you. I've been by the bedside of many who have passed into the presence of the Lord. Some very compelling things in those last moments. The Bible says that you're absent from the body, present with the Lord. And as the body begins to shut down, it's a very holy moment. Uh, folks are, are more present with God than they are with their family members on earth. And they start seeing things and pointing. I've, I've been there many a time where they're saying, do you see them? Do you see them? They're there. God surrounds us and he comforts us in the presence of these angels. He loves us. He wants us to rest in that. He declares that we will tread upon the lion and the cobra. This is a depiction from ancient times. We'll dash, we won't dash our foot against a stone. The angels will bear us up. We'll tread upon the greatest beasts in the jungle, the lion and the cobra. One is poisonous and the other is ravenous. The young lion and the serpent, we shall trample them underfoot. God will give us victory over those who seek to kill us. The depiction that Satan is a roaring lion, the depiction that Satan is a serpent, we have victory over any evil, any deception, God has given us his shield and his buckler, which is truth. These past three verses are set in the first person. As God speaks promise and blessing over his people, he speaks specifically over those who set their love upon him. God wants you to trust him. Men, men want to be trusted. Women want to be loved. It's, an, it's, a, it's not always true, but it's pretty common. If, if a man would be respected, if he had a choice to be respected or loved the rest of his life, but have to do without the other, he could only choose one, either to be respected his whole life and never loved or loved and never respected. Most men would pick respected. For a woman, if she was given the opportunity, and this isn't always true, but given the opportunity to either be respected her whole life or to be loved her whole life, she'd, be picked, she'd pick love. And in this this call, this desire to be respected is one that God wants us to respect him as a father. But in the same regard, we can't do without love. That proposition to either the man or the woman is one that isn't, isn't possible for the human heart. We all ultimately long to be loved. We're creatures that have been designed for relationship. And unless a man loses his life, he won't gain it. The idea is to lay our life down to serve one another. And he sets their, his love upon them. He speaks specifically over those who set their love upon him. How do you set your love upon God? It's really simple. God, like little children, spells love, T-I-M-E. You spend time with him. 
Not, not a fleeting prayer on your way to some meeting that you're nervous about or a quick prayer over a meal, but you spend time with him. You allow his words to mean something to you. Do you listen to your spouse? Do their words mean something to you? Love is developed by listening. God gave you two ears and one mouth. The idea is that we set our love upon him. We spend time with him. Here's some practical examples of spending time with God. You listen to God. You read what God has written to us. You speak to God in prayer. You think of God in unoccupied moments. That's called worship. You adore him. You speak, to God, speak of God to others. Talk about the Lord. I, I love to talk about my wife and tell people how amazing she is because I love her. You talk about the Lord that way. I do the same. You give to God, making glad sacrifices to him and, and for him. I, I love to do that for my wife. I love to do that for others. That's how we love people. These are the blessings of his presence. I will be with him in trouble. And this is from the Psalm. The blessing of his protection. I will deliver him. The blessing of his promotion, I will honor him. The blessing of his prosperity, with long life I will satisfy him. And the blessing of his preservation, and show him my salvation. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him and honor him. I was going to show you a video. uh, But I I think what I'd rather do is I'm going to close in prayer and go into a time of worship with... Uh, Micah and Kelly. This psalm is one this week to really dwell on. Spend time in it. We're all in a place of trial and difficulty and the Lord wants to minister to us. He wants us to rest in him. He wants us to trust him. It's It's a great gift. And so folks, minister to your family through this. Rest in the Lord. Trust him in all your ways and watch as God uses this to calm and quiet you. And above all, do not be afraid. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we put our trust in you. Your trust is because you're truthful. And in a world that seems to be inundated with deception or half-truths, people wanting to captivate us by fear and trap us in the fowler's snare, we have you to rest upon. Lord, that we would walk so closely to you in the shadow of you that we would declare you to be our close companion, that your shadow would fall upon us and we would find ourselves absolutely clinging to you that this secret place would describe our complete security in you and that we would find that great comfort. And Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you that the only torment that brings us a thousand griefs is developed and arises from fear. But here you've given us your word. Do not be afraid. You shall not be afraid. Not by the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Lord, you've delivered us and you have shown us your salvation. And so God, we want to say thank you and we love you. We ask that you would bless this time of worship, inhabit the praises of your people. Lord, we may not be together physically, but we're one in Christ. We are the body of Christ. 
And together, through this gift you've given us of the internet, we are going to worship together and lift up your mighty name, El Shaddai, our fortress, our mighty God. We love you. We praise you. Save us, Lord. Cause us to awaken and to be revived to the truth that you are God and we are not, and we desperately need you. And we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Join with us. I need you Soften my heart Break me apart I need you Open my eyes See that you're shaping my life Oh, I am Just when you say thank you.
afraid to clap in your homes. Healing and freedom as you speak favor over me. Faith is breaking all impossibility. Your name has overcome your name alone. I know your thoughts, your plans for me. Okay, uh, I'm going to let you go in just a second. Where are you going to go? <laughs> just kidding. I'll tell you where you can go. Check this out. This is uh, a cinnamon roll from uh, the Waypoint Cafe in Camarillo. They don't do uh, DoorDash, and so you have to go and pick it up. We've been supporting all the businesses in the community that have been hard hit by this. I know a number of restaurants. I heard a couple of stories. Uh, one in particular, someone bought a $500 gift certificate from one of the restaurants and then tore it up and put it in an envelope and gave it to the owner just to encourage him in this time of trial. These are folks that are getting devastated. Encourage them. If, you know, you usually go out to eat on a Sunday, go visit some of these folks and encourage them. And then this is the last thing. Uh, I'm going to step off the stage with a video. 
And the reason why I wanted to show this video is the picture to me of God uh, delivering us from the snare of the fowler, that he covers us with his feathers, this idea that he's always protecting us. He doesn't want us to be afraid. He's our refuge. He's the one that, that causes his angels to have charge over us. And this idea that he's always going to be our deliverer. I love this video. Uh, it was done on Father's Day a ways back. And it's a picture to me of our Heavenly Father. And I just want you to watch the video. It's dads saving their children from potential devastation and calamity. And we're going to close with this video this morning. And when it's over, go get something to support the community. Keep tuning in every night at 7. We'll be here again tonight at 7. Help folks that can't get to the grocery store. Help folks that are all alone. Call them. You got time. Take advantage of it. But above all else, spend more time with the Lord. Press in. Enjoy this video. God bless you guys. I can't wait to be with you in person. That'll be soon enough. In the meantime, let's do this together. Press into God. God bless everybody. Take a look at the video. Where's she going again? What's she coming all this way just to see you for? Us.